uh, reading this morning before uh, Zoe comes up uh, is Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, Zacchaeus the tax collector, which will appear on the screen. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. Well, uh, Zoe's right in front of me. Zoe, do you want to come up and I'll pray? Gracious fathers, we come to listen to your word. Lord, we just pray that your spirit would open our hearts, open our minds, that we would hear from you. Pray for Zoe and the preparation that she's uh, done for this morning and just pray that you would work through her this morning. In your name. Amen. Amen. All yours. Thank you, Mark. Well, good morning. I think it is quite significant today that on Homelessness Sunday, we're going to think about an encounter that Jesus has, a, has with a man named Zacchaeus, a man who was unpopular, a man who was kind of on the edge, kind of um, ignored. Thank you for that kind of personal challenge uh, there, Mark, where someone you were sharing. Uh, that, that is a feeling sometimes uh, that those in the day uh, may experience on our streets of Plymouth. But we're going to look at this passage this morning and see what Jesus has to say, see what Jesus's mission and intent was, that he came to, to seek and save the lost. So I think it's really important that we're in this passage today with that view set, with that mindset, as we've helpfully prayed. Uh, let, let our heart continue uh, to hear for those on the edge this morning. Also, thank you, Mark, for the challenge that we practically can get involved. We were out on the soup run on Monday night this week, a team from the church, and it was a wet one. It was windy. It was stormy. And um, I've not done the soup run in the rain yet, but very much have after Monday night this week. But there are lots of ways that you can get involved. And as we think about the story of Zacchaeus today, what we see is a practical response after he encounters Jesus. There are, um, just I'll say it again, ways to get involved if you have a heart to pray at home, to come and prepare food, or join us on a Monday evening. Speak to Maddie, she'd love to hear from you. 
But I'm continuing our sermon series today entitled The Comeback. We've thought together, haven't we, about this idea that with God there is always a comeback to be had. And uh, what's been really helpful for me as we've thought about this series quite intentionally over the last few weeks is again, and it's very simple, I always say this, but everything I bring is very simple. I've been reminded again how personal our God is. How interested he is in every detail of our lives and how there is always an opportunity for a comeback. Last week, the comeback came in a gentle whisper. And today we find the comeback in kind of a dinner invitation or maybe like a dinner declaration. I'm coming to your house for tea tonight. Our God is personal, he relates to us, and he is interested in us. So far, we've seen a comeback from trouble and transition in the life of Jacob. We've seen a comeback from unspeakable, unthinkable events in the life of Joseph. We've seen a comeback uh, from David and his sin and his heart cry to the Lord. Last week, we explored a comeback from the kind of the edge of burnout for an exhausted prophet that we found in the life of Elijah. And each time we look at the scriptures, we ask God, what are you revealing to us today for our lives, for the situations we find ourselves in? And we're asking the question together as a church family in the room or online and for ourselves, God, how are you asking us to come back from the season that we have been in? So where are we today? We're in a tree in the Gospel of Luke. And we're thinking again about how Jesus acts so personally and interacts so personally with Zacchaeus. Some of you might be disappointed to know that I'm not going to sing the song that you might know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Did you sing that like I did in primary school? But we know the song. He's small in stature, but there we go. I'm not going to keep going. But the comeback we find ourselves in, and that's the kind of the lens that we're going to like look at this passage. There's so much that could be said and potentially things that I will leave unsaid for you to kind of study yourself this morning. But what do we see? The comeback is for a man who finds himself kind of on the edge of society, a man who the crowd distrusts, ignores, dislikes, potentially because of his role. And we kind of get the sense that he has cheated others. And we see this kind of murmuring of the crowd as Jesus spends time and company with him. And this provokes a reaction in others. It's also a come down. Jesus invites him to come down from the tree and to meet him. This idea that there's humility that Zacchaeus takes and and kind of the posture that he goes to to encounter Jesus. And we see an invitation also for Zacchaeus to come home, to be part of the Abraham, part of the family of Abraham and to be part of kind of the saved family of God. So we're going to look at three things. The comeback from the edge to the centre, the come down, the posture of humility that Zacchaeus takes. And we're going to explore this idea of coming home and how Zacchaeus' life was changed as a result. So shall we start by asking the question that we kind of see in the gospel that the crowds ask as well? Or actually, they don't really ask it. They kind of mutter. They can't really bring themselves to verbalise. You get that sense in the gospel, don't you? That it's their heart sort of muttering and grumbling. Why Zacchaeus? Why did Jesus spend time with him? 
Why did he become a guest in the house of a sinner? Who is Zacchaeus? We learn that Zacchaeus was not only just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. Uh, He was kind of the head of the local tax collectors of the day in the region, if you like. And we learn from the text that he is wealthy. And this is actually quite significant for us, because if you go back in Luke chapter 18, we see uh, a few verses before that Jesus is challenging and providing kind of the great challenge it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the rich young ruler comes to him and is kind of not happy to hear that following Jesus would involve selling some of his possessions and not just following the law. So here we have a wealthy man coming to Jesus. But kind of a chief tax collector of the day would employ, in my eyes, other people to do the dirty work for him. Others would collect the taxes and he'd take a cut and then pass on what was owed to the Romans. So a man in charge of other tax collectors in what we know to be a very well-known trade route of the day was wealthy but unpopular. And I kind of get this sense that although he's materially wealthy, it's not too much of an assumption to make that he was probably socially poor. The crowd's reactions, I've said already, suggest that he was kind of on the edge and labelled a sinner. And it's not the first time that we see in the Gospels that Jesus is kind of challenged for the company that he is keeping. We see previously in Luke chapter uh, 5 that Jesus responds to the Pharisees grumbling with the words, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I'm always challenged in the gospel when I see that Jesus is challenged for the company that he keeps. Because I look at my own life and go, would I be challenged for the company that I keep? What kind of statement would be made about who I hang out with? But this encounter reminds us that Jesus came with great clarity. Jesus lived by a clarity and a sense of mission about what he came to do. And in verse 10, that's very clear for us. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Jesus knew his purpose. He was there and he lived by it. He came to help the sick and minister to those on the edge, to give them an invitation to come in. And again, in Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus use the words from Isaiah to pronounce his mission. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus was clear he came. That's what he came to do. And as a leadership team, actually, in a start team on Friday, we spent the day uh, with Carl, actually, looking at this passage that it came from in Isaiah chapter 61, going, who are we? What are we here for? What mission has Christ given us? And how can we serve others? Jesus came to give freedom for the prisoners, sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. We know that vision is important. Jesus lived by the mission that he came to do. The calling and mandate on Jesus' life spilled out into everything that he did. We learn at the beginning of the passage, it's a very simple statement, I think, that Jesus was simply passing through Jericho. But what I love is that Jesus' plans kind of change when he sees Zacchaeus up a tree. 
Not because Jesus gets easily distracted or swayed or kind of changes his ideas like I do, but because we kind of understand that Jesus' heart was for people and salvation matters to Jesus. He doesn't get overwhelmed by needs that he meets as he's kind of going along. We see in other passages that he's kind of prompted by the Spirit to move on. But we also see Jesus having a time for people. And I wonder if we live with the same intentionality, the same mission. And as we're coming back, thinking about that theme of the comeback, I wonder if there's something in this for us as a church to come back to this idea that Jesus gave us a mission to seek and save the lost, to go to the marginalised on the edges, to ignore the murmurings of society, the labels that sometimes come with that, and encounter people who are living with spiritual curiosity. Because I think that's what we can commend Zacchaeus for. Verse 4 tells us, in a simple statement, and it's a statement that I want to be known by, we read in the Gospels, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. I want to be known as someone who wants to see Jesus. He was spiritually open and he wanted to see for himself what all the fuss was about. And then we read, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately, I must stay at your house today. And here's what hits me, and again, I know it's very simple, but Jesus knows his name, and he notices him. In a crowd where there's bustling and murmuring and talking going on, Jesus pauses, stops what he's doing, and relates to Zacchaeus personally. It kind of is, Mark, isn't it? When we're going shopping in the day and we come across someone who's homeless, we stop and we say hello. But how many of us, I wonder, live with this desire to be seen and to be known and to be heard? It's a human need inside all of us, isn't it? But for some of us today, I wonder the comeback might look like coming back from a season where you felt really isolated, where you felt on the edge of things, where you battled with a deep sense of loneliness. And it looks like Jesus saying to us again, calling us by name and welcoming us in. Jesus makes those who are unknown known. And I just find that remarkable. And it reminds me again of the intimate words that David prays in Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts far away. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. We know the words. There's this idea and intimacy that Jesus knows us and knows us more than we know ourselves. But for us to have this kind of encounter with Jesus, where we find ourselves known in him, every need or emotion that we have met, I think there's something in it for us this morning to imitate Zacchaeus's posture. The second thing we're going to focus on is this idea that Zacchaeus came down, he was on the edge, he was marginalised, Jesus invites him in, but he takes this posture of humility. Zacchaeus leaves behind any pride and he's very resourceful. He overcomes any barriers that are in his way from stopping him 
from meeting with Jesus. How do I draw this parallel? We learn that he's small in stature, but climbs a tree. And I think this takes courage and potential humiliation as he steps out to meet Jesus. (coughs) Sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we can get uncomfortable at the thought of having to step out. It's safer on the edge. It's safer not being known. And we're reluctant to take a step. That might be to do with our faith. We might be nervous to publicly declare our testimony as such so we don't get baptised. Or it might be that it's easier to watch online or come in on a Sunday but not get involved in a life group to be known by individually or to be challenged. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we can find safety on the edge. And what we learn from Zacchaeus is that he does what he can or does what he can to break down any barriers that might be in his way. Sometimes I think a great barrier for us is what other people might say or what others might think. And this doesn't stop Zacchaeus and actually leads him down a path to a new identity. We start the account by learning that Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector and we end the account knowing that he is saved and a friend and a host of Jesus. And I was quite challenged this week as I was reading some words uh, that Paul writes to the church in Galatia. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? And Paul concludes that if we are still trying to please people, then we're not servants of Christ. I wonder today, is there anything limiting me? Is there anything limiting you in your walk with Jesus? Are there barriers that are in the way at the moment for fully returning or fully encountering Jesus? What's stopping the comeback and the invitation that I think Jesus is offering us? And I'm not really talking here about kind of coronavirus or safety or policy. There's great wisdom in that. And I think our heart is to be a leadership team that honours people's pace. But what I am talking about is kind of a breakdown in relationship or a fear of murmurings or a fear of something or maybe pride that gets in the way. Whatever it might be today, I pray that we would have a spirit of Zacchaeus that looks to be resourceful, to overcome anything that's in our way, that stops us from encountering Jesus. Let's be a people that seeks after Jesus' presence above all else. And again, it might sound very simple to you, but I've kind of had a revelation recently that to meet God, we have to be in the present. Sometimes we invest our energy and our kind of focus on things in the past, so like past hurt, or we live with what ifs of the future, and this can kind of lead us feeling distracted. But if we invest our energy in the here and now, in the very present moment, that's when we can encounter Jesus. It's the present moment that Jesus stops, pauses, and asks Zacchaeus to come down and to meet with him. I kind of get the same sense that we get in the, from the Psalms in Psalm 118, where the psalmist says, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There's an opportunity today in the present moment, because of God's presence living with us, to encounter Jesus. So finally, the third kind of comeback we see is this coming home. The invitation that Zacchaeus is offered by Jesus. Salvation comes to his home. Jesus actually insists about coming to his house, but 
What I want us to think about is how his life changed after he met Jesus. Hurry down, I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus' response we see in the gospel was one of joy. He did it not begrudgingly, he wanted to meet Jesus. And I think there's something in that for us too this morning, that we can be so much bound by duty that we miss the joy. Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, look, here and now, in that present moment again, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anything out of anybody, then I will pay back four times the amount. Tony and I had a bit of a discussion in the week around the maths of this, and I think I'm going to leave it. Ask the accountant what the maths, how that might work out, and the difference that that makes to the passage. But what I'm thinking about is the transformation afterwards. How everything that Zacchaeus had kind of stood for and lived for up to this point now changes when he meets Jesus. We kind of see the steps, and I find this hugely encouraging. The first step, Zacchaeus is a sinner like we all are. And then we kind of, he kind of moves on to, to a seeker status, if you like, where he was spiritually open and he was searching and he was observing what was going on. And I wonder if you know anyone, you can identify anyone in your life who might be like that, who's a little bit open, who's asking questions, who's kind of observing your behaviour or asking you about things. You might perceive them to be open to the gospel. So I wonder how are you talking to them about faith at the moment? Because the encouragement for me is the step that Zacchaeus takes from a seeker to a follower and how his life changes. And we're going to sing in a minute, I don't know if you know the song, from the inside out. But why I love the lyrics to that song is there's a connection between what goes on on the inside and what we show on the outside of our life. There's a connection that goes on that when we meet Jesus for the first time, when we continue to seek after him, this changes our hearts. But this should spill out to our outward appearance and our actions. Zacchaeus' character changed. You could argue that his greedy heart now beats with generosity. And that his character and his actions change as a result. I'm not saying this morning that Zacchaeus was saved because he kind of gave away money. It's not about what we do, but it was an outward expression of the gratitude that he had in his heart after he encountered Jesus. And what I love is the urgency that this happened by. Zacchaeus grasped the moment and he went with it. So I wonder this morning what God is asking us to do in the here and now. The law would have required him to have given back like one-fifth of the amount plus what he'd wronged others but we see him go a step further. How did this come about? He met with the one who came to seek and save the lost. It was Jesus who initiated, who handed out, kind of extended an invitation to him and he gladly accepted. Jesus plays a guest in the world that is his and is hosted by a sinner, I love it. The grace for us today is the upside down nature of the gospel is although I've challenged us that we shouldn't have an obstacle in our way if there is one, the encouragement too is that Jesus is the seeker in the story. He's the one who stops, calls us by name and invites us home. He's the one who gives us a family when we're isolated. He's the one who gives us generous generosity in our life and a new mission and a purpose. <clears throat> So I wonder today if there's something in this for us to realign our focus. 
to, to take back on the mission that Jesus gives us to seek and save the lost. And we do that out of a place where we understand that we have been saved. The comeback for Zacchaeus was a real personal invitation that Jesus gave him. This morning, we choose to listen again to the voice that calls us by name, that invites us, invites us close. And my challenge is that we should choose to lay down any barriers that get in the way. And, and if necessary, to act, to do something practical as an outward appearance of our love for Christ. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. There's something in this this morning for us to realise again the generosity of our God and he gives us good gifts when we ask of him. Love the band to come up and help us think about how we're going to respond this morning to not only the challenge of this passage, but the challenge of our prayers for those who are marginalised in our community, what God might be calling us to do as a result. But I'd love to pray for us. Father God, we thank you that your word is rich with personal encounters of comebacks and of transformation. And Lord, would our life story be the same? Lord, we want to provide a space this morning in our present moment to experience again your presence. Would you help us to choose to engage our wills in the present now? Would we not kind of declutter our minds, but instead, Lord, would we allow you in to our present moment today? Bring to mind situations where action now is needed, where a spirit of Zacchaeus we can adopt an instant response. I pray this morning for anyone who has felt lonely in this season, who's felt on the edge or the outside of things. I pray, Lord, this morning that you would draw them in and draw them home. I pray for our church family and our church community that we would be a genuine community. Lord, this morning I pray that you would call us again by name. And for those of us that have kind of lost our way, Lord, would we align our mission again with your mission? Would you fill us up with your spirit to go out to seek and to save the lost? Do you fill us again with an urgency to do something with the love that you have given us? And I pray, Lord, that whatever your spirit is doing on the inside of us, that there would be something on the outside that would show that. And as um, Mark and I were praying this morning uh, for our service today, I was just reminded again, when Jacob is wrestling with God, he kind of says to God, he has the audacity to say, don't let me go until you bless me. And I pray, if that's for anyone here this morning, that we would, Lord, wrestle and come to this place again where we ask you to call us by name and to bless us this morning, to send us out. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>